Presents USA, the greatest entertainers in America, as requested by you, the men and women in the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command Performance, presented this week and every week, till you're back from over there. Well, gang, this is Ken Carpenter unwrapping the biggest Christmas package of the day. Command Performance, your present from Armed Forces Radio Service, Los Angeles, USA. This year, we wanted to make this a very realistic Christmas. Of course, we couldn't bring you any snow, we couldn't bring you a hunk of the North Pole or Santa Claus's igloo, but we are bringing you a man who has an icicle for a nose, and here he is, Bob Hope. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Christmas Command Hope. Telling all you occupation troops that are wearing iron lids, how are you going to get enough points to come back when it's Crosby who keeps having kids? <laughs> of course, even in the occupation troops are issuing passes to certain fellows for Christmas. Issuing passes to certain fellows for Christmas. That's an army expression meaning eeny, meeny, miny, there ain't no mole. <laughs> But back home, we're having our first peacetime Christmas in four years, and you should see the mobs at the stores. I went up to one woman, and I said, isn't it wonderful to do Christmas shopping now that all the fighting has stopped? But she didn't answer me. How can you talk with all your teeth knocked out? <laughs> I went out to do a little shopping myself, and you should have seen the mobs of people. The streets were so crowded, my suspenders broke, and I walked six blocks before my pants fell down. <laughs> Inside the stores, it was even worse. Boy, was it crowded. I never saw so many shopping bags, and there were some pretty girls, too. I went up... <laughs> I tried to hide it from you. I went up to the second floor on an escalator. You know what an escalator is. That's where you keep right on going up without doing anything yourself. Like a second lieutenant. But you, uh... <laughs> But you should have seen that second floor. The whole crowd moved in the same direction. Whether you liked it or not, you bought a silk nightgown. <laughs> and on me, it looked good. There was such a mob, I climbed up on a counter to get some air. Before I could climb down, I was sold for $1.98. <laughs> there was quite a fight going on on one counter. They just one pair of beautiful silk underwear shorts for sale. And a general had hold of one end with both hands, and the civilian was pulling on the other. Just then, a private walked in and saluted. <laughs> he should be out of the guardhouse by 1954. <laughs> but the big hit this Christmas of 1945 is the new cars. A lot of these auto companies have been working on airplanes, and they're still a little confused. In fact, one car is a new speedometer. When it hits 60, a red light flashes. When it hits 75, a bell rings. And when it hits 110, a voice says, there's been a slight mistake in the assembly line, bud. You better bail out. <laughs> see the wonderful new improvements. The two biggest features are air brakes and unbreakable windshields. You can speed up to 100 miles an hour and stop on a dime. Then you press a special button and a putty knife scrapes you off the windshield. <laughs> Everything is automatic. In fact, this year you press a button, the press is a button. <laughs> but the best thing in the new cars is a special horn. When you pass a brunette, it plays good, good, good. When you pass a blotta plays, that's for me, and when you pass a redhead, it stops and you play. <laughs> and now 
like you to meet a grand old trooper. This generation loves him as dearly as the last two did. That lovable old singer of songs, Bing Crosby, right? <laughs> Down the line I figure that it's engine number 49 She's the only one That's gonna sound that way On the Atchison, Topeka And the Santa Fe See the smoke arising Round the bend I reckon that she knows She's gonna meet a friend Folks around these parts get the time of day from the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Hey, Jim, you better get out the rig. Cause she's got a list of passengers that's pretty big, and they'll all want lifts down to Brown's Hotel. Cause lots of them been traveling for quite a spell All the way from Philadelphia On the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe Travel on the Santa Fe, babe? All the time, love the Santa Fe Always get me good accommodations Oh, do they really? Yes, I had a room all to myself going in Good Funny thing, though, the porter locked me in at every station Never been on that stage That it's engine number 49 She's the only one That's gonna sound that way On the Atchison, Topeka And the Santa Fe See the smoke arising Round the bend I reckon that she knows She's gonna meet a friend Folks around these parts Get the time of day From the Atchison, Topeka And the Santa Fe Get out the rig Cause you got list of passengers That's pretty big And they'll all want lifts down To Brown's Hotel Cause lots of them been traveling For quite a spell All the way from Philadelphia On the Atchison, Topeka And the Santa Fe On the Atchison, Topeka And the Santa Fe On the Atchison I'm sure that was thoroughly enjoyed. I'm sure that was thoroughly enjoyed by all limited servicemen with broken hearing devices. <laughs> oh, you're very sweet, Prongpuss. Very sweet. Right. <laughs> Listen, Bing, in case you haven't heard, I'm having a big Christmas party tonight. Free? <laughs> what kind of a shindig oh, is it you, going you to be? You haven't got any more of that Gonzaga um... stuff. <laughs> What kind oh, of a shindig? This kid's going to come up with many a lull here tonight. Where are you? 
say, Daddy? What kind of a shindig? Well, it's, uh, wait till I see the shins. But I tell you, I, I was thinking of making it sort of a costume party. Yeah. What do you think? I think you're ready. You're ready. <laughs> what, uh, what do you... Don't you go any further. <laughs> tell me, what do you think that I should come as? Why don't you come as a man with hair? Oh, no. Thing. I think mm. you have a capital dome. Matter of fact, I noticed a little growth of fuzz there this afternoon. That night? Mm-hmm. It's that new octane. <laughs> Ooh, very yeah. smooth stuff. Goes down easy, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, Bingo, do you think you can get to my party? I don't know, Bob. I've got to fix up our own tree for my boys. You're familiar with the Crosby Tots, no doubt. Crosby Tots? Mm-hmm. When is Gary's kids getting out of the service? <laughs> You want me to talk about... Thought you'd never make it, old boy. <laughs> I'd check about that. That's a late reaction, all <laughs> You get them later, enjoy them longer. <laughs> hey, let's go here. You Where want to we? talk about age? You want, to, want me to... Uh... Talking about age, you want me to mention your USO unit at Valley Forge that time? <laughs> I wait so long to get something in. It's a fix. Well, you've got another line. Just yeah. But you say this is going to be a masquerade party, huh? Come again? What are you coming as, really? I'm coming as the thin man. The thin man? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Everybody will think you've got Asta under your vest there. <laughs> I still, I'm just in a dither. I don't know how I should appear. Well, what? why don't you make up as one of your own horses? Then you wouldn't even have to show. <laughs> You could just come as a pot of glue or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if I do make it come to your party, I suppose you'll expect some expensive trinket or bauble or something. Oh, don't let that worry you, Bing. You didn't last year. <laughs> must be jesting. You don't remember my gift? Oh, yes. Yeah, very snappy. A mother of pearl button hook. <laughs> I haven't worn shoes like that since my junior prom at Vassar. <laughs> Bob, my dear boy, that wasn't for your shoes. I thought you could use it to take a hitch in your stage. <laughs> Look who's talking, a flesh dumpling. Merry Christmas, baby. Well, Dinah Shaw. Well. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Dinah. You remember my colleague here, Bob. If it's not a yacht, throw it out, folks. Remember <laughs> Oh, sure. I've known Bob since he was a cub. That's not fair, Dinah. Haven't I always been platonic with you? Oh, sure. Platonic. That's hope language. But what did I do with those etchings again? Are you, are you going to Bob's party? Yes, thing I am. As a matter of fact, Bob suggested we have a progressive party. You know, at my house, we have the hors d'oeuvre, turkey, cranberry sauce, dressing, vegetables, dessert, coffee, and brandy. And then we all go over to Bob's house. What for, the perp? <laughs> Dinah, you know very well we're going to do all the eating at my house. All you promised to do was help prepare the stuff. Did you get those hot dogs I sent over? <laughs> hot dogs? All I got was 200 empty skins. What did you expect me to do with them? Fill them, girl. Fill them. <laughs> well, what with? Well, you know what with. I sent over four turkeys this morning. Oh, oh goody. Turkey service. 
conspirators. By the way. <laughs> Pulling those darbs. Say, uh, by the way, Dinah, remember what you promised to lend me? Oh, Bob, I don't think I can. Oh, but Dinah, I need it. Well, hey, Bob, Dinah might be wearing it herself. <laughs> Stay out of this, Blub. You know, Dinah, what I what I like about it is that it so little holds so much. <laughs> yes, it does. And it makes it so firm. <laughs> oh, all right, Bob. I'll lend you my ice cream freezer. <laughs> Well, now, well, you'll have to excuse me now. I've got to type up a big list of presents, I expect. So I'll see you at, I'll see you at the party, Don. And how about you, Bing? You in? Oh, I don't know, Bob. I did have a previous engagement. Oh, you don't have to keep it this year. They can get another baritone in that Salvation Army court. How <laughs> <laughs> the pennies sound so nice. <laughs> Turkey for <laughs> The pennies sound so nice when they hit my tambourine. I'll think it over, Bob. Meanwhile, there's a short special dangling under the mistletoe. From the top, please. And this guy now? You've got it, too. Every day along about evening When the sunlight's beginning to fail I rise the slumbering shadows along the Navajo Trail. When it's night and crickets are calling and the coyotes are making a way, I dream by a smoldering fire along the Navajo Trail. I love to lie and listen to the music When the wind is strumming a sagebrush guitar And over yonder hill the moon is climbing It always finds me wishing on a star Well, what do you know? It's morning already There's the dawn in the sun To climb into my saddle and ride the Navajo Trail.
It's an ill wind that blows nobody good, but here's a good wind that blows nobody ill. The little boy with the blue horn, Mr. Harry James, right here. <laughs> Harry, I suppose you'll be at my party tonight. Well, Bob, I don't know if I can make it. Oh, Harry, you've got to be there. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm awfully busy. Harry, the party just can't go on if you're not there. Well, gee, Bob, I'd like to come. But you must, Harry. You must. You're my best friend, my closest companion. There's no one I like better. Please come. Well, I don't know if I can. Well, okay, if you can't make it, send your wife. <laughs> well, believe me, Bob, I'll try and make your party. But right now, I have to answer a request to command performance. Take a look at this letter I received from the Philippines, Bob. It came with a big box that contained a pretty surprising package. Well, what was in it, Harry? A Japanese bugle. Hmm, let me see the letter. Harry James, Command Performance, USA. Dear Harry, enclosed in package, you'll find a Japanese bugle captured by the Force Sound Ranging Platoon during the fighting in the Philippines. Six of our unit, accompanied by Filipino guerrillas, were alone in Japanese-infested territory. We were attacked about 3 o'clock in the morning, but drove the nips off... And Corporal C.E. Fowler grabbed the bugle as a souvenir. This little skirmish on a lonely hill in the Philippines did not make headlines, but was very important to us. Corporal Fowler sends this bugle to you, hoping in return you will sound taps for the Japs on their own bugle. Sincerely, members of the 4th Platoon, 289th F.A. Observation Battalion, APO 70. Well, Harry, here's the bugle. Are you going to sound taps? No, Bob. Those boys already sounded taps for the Japs, but just for fun, let's see what a couple of hot riffs sound like on a bonsai bugle. Harry, send it to Benny Goodman. Maybe it's a clarinet. Well, I, I guess I better Lovely stick lips. to... You ought to have Joey Brown here for that, uh, yeah. for that thing. I guess, Bob, I better stick to my own bugle. An excellent suggestion. How about giving out with something with a bit of bounce? Okay, here's the whole gang tripping right through the two o'clock jump.
to add a touch of dignity to this Christmas clam bake, we look at our file under dignified, and there we find cultured, refined, suave, Herbert Marshall. Thank you, Ken, my boy. It was nice of you to ask me over, but I'm in a bit of a hurry. I'm invited to Bob Hope's party again this year. Oh, what's your hurry, Bart? The party isn't for a little while yet. No, I have to go to the bank and get some change for tips. <laughs> By the way, uh, Ken, who's going to be at the party this year? Oh, people of great importance. Betty Davis, Luella Parsons, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, a lot of people. How do you like that? He left that umbriago. Jimmy Dorelli! I'd like to have you meet Herbert Marshall. Glad to know you, Mr. Marshall. It's a pleasure. The, um, the happenstance of this fortuitous meeting shall be added to my collection of appreciative enjoyment. Sometimes I wish I could speak a foreign language. <laughs> By the way, what nationality are you? I, uh, I come from England. Oh, to be sure, that's in London, isn't it? <laughs> yes, just on the outskirts. It was, <laughs> it was lucky I met you tonight, Herbert. You don't mind if I call you by your maiden name? No, no, please do. Please do. You know, Bob Hope is going to give a big party tonight. Yes, I understand it's going to be quite a soiree. That's all right. I'll leave before the cops come. <laughs> by the way, Mr. Marshall, you being British and coming from a long line of Brits makes you, makes you just the man I'm looking for. I may have a job for you. A job? Yes, I need a valet. You mean... Uh... Yes, I want you to be my gentleman's gentleman. No, it won't work. We're short one gentleman. <laughs> Usher, stand erect. Add a little class to the joint. <laughs> Repeat that line. I think I got a laugh here. Repeat that line. It won't work. It won't work. We're short one gentleman. Well, you can study nights. <laughs> I got a million of them. <laughs> Jimmy, now, would you say that you occupy a social position sufficient to warrant having a manservant? Oh, yes. It's a well-known fact that Durandy is practically stinking with charm. Yeah, you'll, uh, <clears throat> you'll pardon my skepticism, but a true gentleman must have a background of generations of culture. It may interest you to know that I have an Angelo uh, Saxon genealogy. They thought I couldn't pronounce it, the bums. And, uh, Angelo, well, uh, uh, are you sure? How can I be sure? I don't even know what it means. <laughs> oh, it means that, uh, it means that some of your ancestors were born in England. Is that true, Jimmy? Yes. My great-grandfather, Sir Rumpelbottom Durante, <laughs> was an important man in Wickenham County. And the regime of Henry IV, he presided over a big country seat. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yes. But with the event of King Henry V, he fell into political disfavor. He was forced to move the country seat from Wickenham to Trickenham. Then he had to move it from Trickenham to Pickenham. What a dilemma. There he was with a big seat and no place to put it. <laughs> you know, Jimmy, your mentioning the names of those English townships brings back memories of my young manhood. Many as the afternoon, we young fellows used to go out hunting quail. Just a minute. Did you say quail? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, 
<laughs> yeah, that's a bird. Pardon me, I mistook your intentions. <laughs> but that is neither Telly nor who. <laughs> Mr. Marshall, I need your advice on the proper attire from which to attire myself for the party. Well, I understand it's formal. Uh, do you have any... Do you have any black trousers? No, but I can always smear some kiwi on my long underwear. Now, Jimmy, you can't go to a party in long underwear. Why not? If things get dull, I can always make a graceful exit through the escape hatch in the back. <laughs> well, Jimmy, seriously, things won't get dull if you sing a song. Why don't you rehearse one right now? Noble idea, Mr. Marshall. When I open my mouth... That's what comes out. I was walking down Park Avenue the other day. I was whistling Janine Aramia. A fellow who was coming in the opposite direction. He bumped right into Mia. Now, I didn't say nothing. I just kept on going. Don't you think he turned around and said, but don't you look where you're going? Now, I stood aghast as it wasn't my fault. Then he pushed me off the sidewalk onto the asphalt. So I ups to him, and he ups to me. Say, then I ups to him, and I said, I said it was his fault. He said it was my fault. I said it was his fault. He said, if you don't like it, I'll punch you right in the proboscis. I was so mad, I was frotting at the kneecaps. <laughs> so I ups to him, and he ups to me. But I don't do nothing. I just keep my attitude, see? Then I said, wait a minute, Mac. You don't look like a lumberjack. But you can't bulldoze me. And with that, to show him who was boss, I put the chip on my shoulder and I said, knock it off. Knock it off. Five minutes later, the chip was still there. But the shoulder was gone. <laughs> so I ups to him and he ups to me. So I goes my way and he goes my way. Well, exhausted and fatigued, I'm tired too. I stopped at a nearby pharmacy for my daily vitamins. I was munching vitamins A, B, C, and D and was getting down to E, F, G, and H. When I feel that tap on my shoulder and a voice saying, Have one on me, partner. Thinking it was the same chump, I whirled around as quick as a flash I ups to him. When I find myself face to face with a westerner, a tough hombre. So I stopped up and threw him and I says, Pardon me, stranger, a stone got in my shoe. You needn't start cussing, I haven't done anything to you. Recognizing the drawl in my voice, he asked me where I hails from. And when I said Barzee Ranch, Phoenix, Tombstone, Arizona, he hits me with his leather boot, blackens my eye, knocks me down, picks me up, knocks me down, picks me up. But I kept smiling through it all. I had a smile. He had his fist in my mouth. <laughs> so I left him to his own resources. Now the scene changes. Three years has elapsed. I've grown a perfect toupee and I've prospered. I'm laying on the beach at Waikiki, just a millionaire on the loose, when I feel someone tickle me on the snars and a voice singing a lot caroose. It was I remember you. It was I remember you. Why, you're the feller with the big feller. I remember. After three years, who comes back to torment me? Knock the shoulder off McNulty. So I ups to him, and he ups to me. So I goes my way, and he goes the way of all flesh. Very good, Jimmy boy. Very 
Gladys, I know some of you men are lucky enough to be stationed where you can have a big Christmas tree decorating your mess hall. And I only wish this next little thrush had a nest in each one of those trees. Here she is, Miss Jenny Sims. A fine introduction, Bob. That leaves me up a tree. Yeah, I bet it never had such a nice pair of limbs. But before... <laughs> Before I do anything else, Ginny, I want to invite you to my Christmas party tonight. Well, thank you. In that case, I'd better drop by my house and put on a party dress. You know, Harry James and his band will be there. It'll be quite a thing. Well, in that case, I'd better put on a formal evening gown. And naturally, we'll sit out a few dances on the love seat together. <laughs> I wonder where I could get my hands on a suit of armor. <laughs> Time for your song now, Ginny, so why don't you go right ahead while I run out and look for a can opener? All right, Bob. <laughs> Well, here's till the end of time.
Barney, I wonder how the preparations for the party are coming along. Professor Clone is supposed to be attending to all the details, buying all the food, and, uh, that must be Kelowna now. Hello? Hello, is this the restaurant? Send over the cheapest food you've got, charge top prices, and we'll split the profits. <laughs> Send the bill to Bob Hope. Kelowna, this is Hope talking. Built myself a nice little booby trap, didn't I? <laughs> Kelowna, stop fooling around and start preparing the dinner. Well, that's just what I'm doing, Hope. I'm in the kitchen right now, and I'm very busy with a pot roast. A pot roast? Oh, Professor, kiss me. Hmm. One of the prettier pots. <laughs> Why don't you just settle down and marry another idiot? Well, sorry, Hope. I'd rather be just a sister to you. <laughs> Kelowna, haven't you prepared any refreshments for the party? I certainly hope. I just got a bucket of Pepsi-Cola from the cow. That's ridiculous, Kelowna. Cows don't give Pepsi-Cola. They don't? No. And I'll taste it and see. Hmm. What do you know? Southern Comfort. <laughs> one of your salad favorites, an AFRS regular fella who not only writes great songs, but sings them too after a fashion, preferably an old fashion. Anyway, aided and abetted by the Pied Pipers, here's Johnny Mercer singing Camp Town Racers right here. Sing this song, doo-dah, doo-dah. Camp down racetrack five miles long, doo-dah day. Come down here with my hat cave in, doo-dah, doo-dah. Can't go back with a pocket full of tin, oh, doo-dah day. Wine to run all night, wine to run all day. I bet my money on a bobtail nag, somebody bet on me. On the long tail, Billy and the big black horse, doo-dah, doo-dah. By the track and the cut across, oh, doo-dah day. Fine horse breaking in a big mud hole, doo-dah, doo-dah. Can't cut bottom with a ten-foot pole, oh, doo-dah day. Why to run all day? Oh, do I bet my money on a bobtail nag? Somebody bet on me. Oh, do I? Red stands filled with a happy crowd. Oh, do I? Hey, the clothes ain't fast, but the show is loud. Oh, do I? Every highball lady wears a fancy lid. Sports all hollering. Oh, you kid, if you ain't made a wager, time you did. They're at the ball. There goes the guy. Thanks. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, John, that was swell. How would you like to do an encore? Well, I'd like it fine, Bob, but I only had one other song prepared. Atchison Speaker in the Santa Fe, and that's already been done by your Mr. Crosby. Well, don't give them to me, John, not even for Christmas. <laughs> but that reminds me, Johnny, you're coming to my party tonight, aren't you? Well, yes, Bob, I made a little money on my last song. I guess I can afford it. Johnny, you sound more like Crosby every minute. That is when you talk. Somebody mentioned my name? What's the difference? You'd have come over anyway. <laughs> he has to be in the middle of everything. That's what I get for giving him lines in our last picture. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll be a nice boy or I'll make you call me Mr. Bergen instead of just playing Edgar. Bing, I was just telling Bob here what a nice job I thought you did on Atchison Speaker in the Santa Fe. Oh, I'm so happy you liked it, John. I didn't interfere with you, did it? I mean, you didn't want to sing it yourself or anything? Oh, no, no. I don't like to sing anymore. Any more than B.O. Putty likes money. <laughs> well, Shucks, Bing's the logical one to sing Atchison Speaker in Santa Fe anyway. Oh, I don't know about that. I introduced it in a picture called Harvey. Well, Judy Garland. Judy, did you want to sing Atchison Topeka in Santa Fe tonight? Yes, I wanted to sing Atchison Topeka in Santa Fe tonight, too. Well, gosh, Judy, I'm sorry I sang Atchison Topeka in Santa Fe first. I don't know about you folks, but I wish I was on the Atchison Topeka in the Santa Fe. Promise something, promise No kidding, though, Johnny. It's a swell song. How did you ever happen to get the idea for it? Well, I got the idea from a family I once visited near Topeka, Kansas. They were real hillbillies. There are no hills in Kansas. All right. They were flatbillies. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, Bing, and Bob will jump in and play some of the characters, we'll show the guys just how I happened to get the idea for the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Well, you got yourself some characters, John. A little flatbilly music, please. <laughs> And now let's look in on the poor but crummy shack of the lazy but shiftless Hawkins family. Johnny, oldest and dirtiest Hawkins, is being wooed by Judy Holcomb, member of a rival clan. As the scene opens, Johnny has spied his pappy coming across the clearing. Hey, you better get here comes the pappy across the clearing riding on his donkey. Which is your pappy? <laughs> The one with the long ears. Why, that old buzzard, I'll take my gun and fill him so full of lead, he'll have to send his laundry to the smelting place. Now, you look here, Judy Holcomb. You better quit shooting holes in me. The gophers is moving in already. <laughs> well, I can't help it. Me and the Newtons is feuding. <laughs> Dag Nabbit, you're right. Whenever a Hokum gets near me, I just naturally smell the skunk. Well, there's another nostril for you. What do you smell now? <laughs> oh, Pappy, why must us and them ones have to be fighting all the time? How come all this feud never done got started? Well, it's this way, son. My great, 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 great grandpa run away with Judy's great, 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 great grandpa's wife. When did this happen? Yesterday. <laughs> they went to Niagara Falls on the honeymoon, but I don't think it'll do them any good. Why not? 
Well, they're both so darn deep, they won't be able to hear the water. <laughs> Say, tell me, where's your other son, Hope Hope? Well, he's out in the back there, yonder, spearing leaves with his nose. Well, now, that's my idea of a talented fella. Here I come now. <laughs> Hello, Poppy. <laughs> Hello, son. <laughs> At last, they got him cast right. Uh, continue. Uh, well, look who's here. Our old enemy, Judy Holcomb. Give me a kiss, enemy. Why, heck no. You still got a leaf on your beak. <laughs> Gosh, you sure look pretty, Judy. You're so romantic looking. You got my heart a thumping like a... Hound dog's leg and scratching season. Well, I I kind of hate to admit it, but but you got mine or something too. How about you and me and getting hitched? Well, I don't know. Do you really love me, or did you just want a, someone to shoo the flies off you? Well, I guess it's a little of both. What do you say? Well, I say okay, Pappy. I'm going to give Judy a ring. Is that all right? Well, not with me, it ain't. Nobody's going to put nothing in my girl's nose. <laughs> But she wants to marry up with me, John. How come, Judy? I thought she was sweet on me. Well, what makes you think so? Well, every night we used to sit out in the moonlight and hold toes. <laughs> well, Hope's got just as many toes as you have. <laughs> I got more. <laughs> now, look ahead, Judy, girl. You've got to make up your mind right away. If I forget about our feud, which one of my sons do you want to marry? Well, Hope, I guess. But first, I'd like to know how old he is. He's 18 years old. Paramount will love me for this. <laughs> you see, I know he's 18 years old because he takes a bath every year and there's 19 rings around the tub. 19 rings? I thought you said he was 18. Well, I've got to wash up once in a while. <laughs> that our families have had enough trouble. But there's been too much stolen. Let's have the nuptials right away. Now, hold on there, gal. There'll be no nuptials in this house till after the wedding. And that's how I happen to write the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. <laughs> Well, now that we've got that cleared up, here's Judy to sing a little something for you. here at last. 
mine. The dream I dream was not denied me. Just one look and then I knew that all I longed for long ago was from this phone booth to tell you that and I've tried to get exactly so now the only thing to do is see? <laughs> Kelowna, there must be something wrong with this connection. Why does everything you say have something missing in the middle? Use the lifesaver instead of a nickel. Kelowna, what did you call for, anyhow? Well, I wanted to know whether you'd like to, uh, some nice, fresh lobster for dinner. Well, are you sure it's fresh? Fresh. This lobster walks over, sits down on a piece of lettuce in front of you, and commits haddock headache. <laughs> Kelowna, I thought we were going to have meat for dinner. We are. I hope we're having rump steak. How would you like your rump steak? Rare, medium, or well done? Well done. Well, come on, bossy. Sit down on that heating pad again. <laughs> You know, Kelowna, you shake my face. No, you shake my face. I want to see what falls out of my mustache. <laughs> I can see right now that we're going to have a miserable dinner tonight. Oh, don't be silly, Hope. I just finished making a delicious soup. I put everything in the kitchen in it. What a great soup. Everything in the kitchen went into it. By the way, Hope, did I have a guy here helping me? <laughs> Of course you had a guy there helping you. Well, I'll strain the soup and call you back. <laughs> and now here's another Christmas treat. Surrounding the command performance microphone for the umpteenth time are the Pied Pipers. Embracing with you with all eight lungs going at once. Gypsy in me, you hear me? I love all the 
about you? About you. Who, me? Above all, I want my arms about you. Don't be a naughty baby. Come to Papa, please do. My sweet embraceable you. Well, kids, and don't forget to drop over for the party. Hey, Mr. Hope, but I... Uh... Well, and if it isn't Archie of Gussie's Tavern. Uh, Mr. Hope, I heard you throwing a Christmas party, so I says to myself, I says, Archie, why don't you help Hope out and get him some talent? And not just plain first-rate talent, you know. Better than that? Second-rate. <laughs> so you want to get me some entertainment for my party, eh, Archie? Yeah, for an allotment, of course. Uh, you know, you ain't talking to no bum. <laughs> we live and learn. <laughs> yeah. Now, I-, I can get you a certain person who is in great demand at parties. Oh, you can? Well, who is he? I can get you Bing Crosby. <laughs> You mean my straight man in the movies? (laughs) Yeah, the fellow they all laugh at. (laughs) The guy is a very good singer, you know. Quite a career this Crosby's had. You know, he studied for eight years before he found out he couldn't sing, and by that time he was too famous to quit. Archie, I know that with a client like Crosby, you probably get 50% commission. So rather than see you lose it, I'll say, go get Crosby. Okay, Mr. Hope, your fish is my... I mean, your wish is my command. Uh, excuse me while I repair to his dressing room. Can I, can I? Come in. Oh. My dear Archie, it's so good to see you. May I tell you, it warms the cockles of this old wandering troubadour's ticker to find himself with the comforting presence of such an estimable character as yourself. <laughs> Crosby, you pop out syllables like they were sons. <laughs> I don't mind them big words, you know, but, you know, it ain't fair to people that don't understand them. Like who? Like you. Hmm? <laughs> so leave us lay off if you want to we- use big words, you know. I'll match your uh, local... Bar- uh, uh, I'll match you any time. <laughs> okay, Archie, truth. Tell me, how are things at Duffy's? Well, her place has been closed for altercations. No. Now, you mean alterations. Altercation is a fight, a brawl. Mr. Crosby, what happens at Duffy's ain't no taffy, Paul. 
when we reopen, you won't hardly know the joint. Well, the site may be different, but I have a hunch the smell will be the same. <laughs> That's where you're wrong. We just sprayed the place with uranium. Uh, <laughs> you see, uh, we're going to retrench. Retrench? Yeah, enlarge the joint. Uh, <laughs> also, we're going to add a new Swedish cook, a dame, you know, one of them smorgasbrods. <laughs> Archie, what did you come to see me about, really? Well, it's like this. Bob Hope and me was talking about how many people get by on the radio without no talent, you know, and somehow or other your name came up. <laughs> I'm honored. Well, <clears throat> anyways, that's what started the argument. What argument? About who's better, you or Sinatra, you see. So Hope says, look, Archie, sometimes Bing ain't as good as Frankie, and sometimes Frankie is better than Bing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the other way around. There's two sides to every question. Yeah. So I says, look, look at it logical, Bob. Bing is to Frankie as Stravinsky is to Haydn, see? So Hope says, you're wrong, Archie. Bing is the one that should be hiding. Thank you. Okay, no compliment intended. Uh, Crosby, uh... Leave us, stop this shilly-dally, and get down to business. What's on your mind, Archie? Well, I want you to sing on Bob Hope's Christmas party. I suppose if it's for Hope, it's for charity. How much do you get back? Well, I wasn't coming to that, but here I am. <laughs> well, at Duffy's, you remember I offered you 15 bucks a week? You think I was worth it, Archie? No, but what can you get for 15 bucks these days? <laughs> uh, but uh, do you know how much I'm going to ask for you from Hope? How much? 20 bucks. 20 bucks? Yeah. Suppose he found out uh, I worked for you for the 15. I'll tell him an included meal. <laughs> uh, don't forget, three meals a day, seven days a week at Duffy's Tavern is easy worth two dollars. Well, 15, 15, and two, that's, uh, that's only 17. Yeah, well, since that time you made that picture that'd go in my way so that your name is worth something. <laughs> That'd be another buck. Yeah, but that's... That's only 18. How are you going to get the other two? The other two? It sure is tough getting you big dough, Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that hope ain't too bright neither, so maybe we can railroad it. Well, you do the best... Just grand. I saw you. Say, most of you, most of you used to look forward to finding an orange in your stocking on Christmas morning, but instead of an orange today, we bring you a Florida peach, Miss Frances Langford. Right here. You're coming to my Christmas party, aren't you? Oh, fine. Are you going to play Santa Claus again this year? No, last year I got in a lot of trouble playing Santa Claus. You did? Yeah, I had a big pillow tucked under my belt, and I'll never forget, a tough kid came up and punched me right in the stomach. What'd you do? I snowed on him for ten minutes. <laughs> you never told me, Bob. How'd you like that beautiful white sweater I knitted for you last year? Oh, it was swell, Francis, but it was a little loose and stretchy. Loose and stretchy? Yes, I put it on Christmas morning and hung down on my hips. By noon, it was down on my ankles. And in the evening, I was coming out of a flower shop with a back dragging along the ground. And an old woman said, you're a lovely bride, my dear, but where's the groom? <laughs> Santa... <laughs> Let's not get antagonistic, folks. 
told you we ought to break this thing up. <laughs> Seth, Santa was pretty good to you last year, wasn't he, Francis? Oh, yes. Lots of people gave me expensive presents. And I got a gift from you, too, Bob. Oh, no. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Francis. That wasn't a cheap necklace I gave you. Those pearls looked exactly like the real thing. They were nice and white and shiny, weren't they? Yes, Bob. You certainly did a wonderful job of spraying pepsodent on those BBs. <laughs> well, how about giving me a hint this year, Francis? Oh, I don't really need anything, Bob. I'm happy enough with these new nylon stockings. Oh, is that new parachute nylon the government released? Yes. In fact, these happen to be made from a parachute. Oh. Bob, stop looking for the ripcord. <laughs> Just trying to win my wings. <laughs> down the runway while I take off with the salt. turns to... Oh, pardon me, Bob, but I gotta talk to you right away. Well, it's the professor from the College of Musical Knowledge, Kay Kaiser. (laughs) 
Say, did you get the invitation to my Christmas party? Yes, Bob, and that's what I want to see you, you know. I, I got to get some advice. You came to me for advice? Sure, Bob. I want to get a girl to take to the party, and I don't know where to get one. Okay, just follow a pair of slacks down Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, but Bob, men and women both wear slacks. How am I going to tell them apart? Oh, you'll think of something. <laughs> Well, don't worry about girls. After all, you know what Kipling said. A woman is nothing but a rag, a bone, and a hank of hair. I know, but they're put together so nice. <laughs> Honest, Bob, I've tried everything. I just can't get a girl. Well, Kay, maybe the trouble with you is you're too skinny. Me? Skinny? Well, have you know I weigh 125 pounds. Really? What do you weigh stripped? I don't know. I'm bashful. <laughs> All right, Kay, I'll find a girl for you. Let me see my little black book. Mm, Pamela Jones. Great in the picture show, but demands load seats. <laughs> he used to be in my yeah. band. He's got to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's one that wants to come back. That's the fellow you paid, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, Kay, I'll find a girl for you. Let me see my little black book. Mm. <laughs> no, you won't don't be... laugh at me. I don't have a band, brother. <laughs> Peggy Stafford, trained in Griffith Park. Oh, here's the one for you. <laughs> here's the one for you, Kay. A very refined and charming girl. You know, Boston family, high society. Oh, no. No, no use calling. Why not? This is Friday. She wrestles tonight. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Uh, that me? Oh, no. <laughs> That's you. Read anything through there. It all sounds... <laughs> I told you to wear the thick lenses. It's right there. <laughs> this is for this Christmas, you know. going to come to your party, Bob, if I can't find a girl. Oh, well, don't worry, Kate. There's a girl waiting for you in some nook or cranny. Well, what do you do, man? Well, there's one from the cranny. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Say, Kay, you want a nice pure girl, don't you? I sure do. And Cash, you want a nice simple fella, don't you? I do. I now pronounce you pure and simple. <laughs> oh, well, maybe we can still have fun. After all, beauty is only skin deep. Yeah. Who peeled you? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm getting out of here. I've got to find a girl. Oh, well, G.K., how am I ever going to catch a man? Say, do you think I should wear a heavier perfume? No, wear a lighter perfume and carry a heavier club. <laughs> Don't have 
have to do that. Oh, gee whiz. Another romance, another failure. Every time I thought I was going to get married, I planted seeds to raise my own orange blossoms. You did? Yeah. Now I got 10,000 crates of oranges and no one to squeeze them. <laughs> Say, look, Kay, take me to the party tonight. You won't be ashamed of me, honest. Look, I, I, I'll be all dressed up and wearing my low-cut gown with no back and no sleeves and no straps. A gown with no straps, no sleeves, no back? Oh, pray tell me, miss, what holds it up? The law of gravity? Uh, no. Laws of California. <laughs> I'll take it over, Cass. Maybe I will take you to the party. Oh, well, wonderful, Kay. You know, I'm so happy I could sing. Okay, you take it on the high note, and I'll take it on the lamp. Murdered Jack. He started throwing stuff. 
who happen to be 13-year-old girls, we bring you your one and only singing favorite, the first Adam ever split, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Lie down anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. That's a very peachy introduction, Dad. Peachy? <laughs> so, uh, so only 13-year-old girls like me, huh? That's what I hear. All this stuff about 13-year-olds and me is just plain propaganda. I know one beautiful movie star who goes to me, and she isn't 13 either. Really? I didn't know Lassie cared. <laughs> well, she does. <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, Frank, why shouldn't Lassie love you? Sure. That's a great thrill for a dog, hearing a pile of bones sing. <laughs> been talking to Crosby lately, boy? <laughs> Can't miss him. Well, after all, Frankie, the guy works at the same studio with me. I got to talk to him sometimes. You see, he has the key to the washroom. <laughs> I thought Crosby was behind all this. Why does he insult me that way? Why, I wouldn't hurt a fly. Not even if you sat on one. <laughs> Honest, Bob, I don't know why Bing should treat me like this. Why, I've never said anything but the nicest things about that fat old gentleman. <laughs> Frankie, look, this is Christmas. The time of goodwill and brotherly love. You shouldn't call Bing a fat old gentleman. Well, he's fat, isn't he? Yes. He's old, isn't he? Yes. He's a gen... See how wrong you are? <laughs> better time to 
time is there than Christmas to end all this petty squabbling? Well, what do you suggest, Bob? Well, why don't the two of you get it all out of your systems at once? Insult each other as hard as you can, and after that, you've got to become friends. Gee, that sounds wonderful. You mean I can say anything to him that I want? Sure. Oh, boy. Tie his hands and let's go, kid. <laughs> okay, I'll be the referee, and the guy who scores the most points gets the decision. Hey, Bing! Bing! Step over here, will you? What are you two guys cooking up? As if I didn't know it was me. <laughs> well, Bing, the time has come to stop these silly arguments between you and Sinatra, so we're going to let you insult each other all you please one last time. Are you ready to rip into him, boy? I have been for years. <laughs> Good, we'll get started. Ladies and gentlemen, we now present the battle of the century, a fight to the finish between no hair and no anything. <laughs> Red Skelton will get out soon. You watch it. Be stiff. Take your time. What'd you say, dear? Red Skelton will be out soon. <laughs> yeah. I hope when he gets out, you get some civilian clothes, too. <laughs> right. You look like Jeff Davis's advance agent. A millionaire dressed like a bum. Go ahead, let's start. Uh, uh, yes. Yes, yes. He's a bum dressed like a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? He finally found his lungs and said something. In this corner, a fight... <laughs> fight to the finish between no hair and no anything. In this corner, dynamic Frank Sinatra, weight 175 and a half ounces. And over here, bulging Bing Crosby, right in the pink of young lardhood. Okay. Come out swinging. You're first, Sinatra. Call Crosby something. Well, uh, uh... Come on, come on. Call him something. Well, gee, there's so much to choose from. <laughs> can I can I call him anything? Sure, anything. Anything at all? That's right, sure. Call him the worst thing you can think of. Okay. Bing, you're a... You're a... You're a Bob Hope. That's okay. what you're... never be able to top that. Never in the world. This is a fine fight. Everybody hits the referee here tonight. Okay, wide drawers. It's your turn. It's your turn to insult bones. Okay. <clears throat> well, let's see now. Uh, I'd like to come up with something that'll live for years. Even if the recipient won't. Mm. I think I have it. All right, let it go. Sinatra, you, sir, are so completely emaciated that you could stroll through an olive without even disturbing the pimento. <laughs> End of round one. We find at this point that Crosby is leading by a nose. Glad you're not in this hole. <laughs> Lay off my shiv, bub. Okay, round two coming up. You take it first, Cabbage Head. Okay, okay here, here I go. go. 
I'm sorry. Pardon me. After you, sir. Uh, no, no, I think he meant you, sir. Well, who did you mean, Hope? Oh, I think I should have been more specific. I meant the cabbage head with the hair. <laughs> See? I told you he meant me, kid. <laughs> I should have known you've got the right complexion for it, too. Just right. Well, don't stand there, Frank. You're not going to let him get away with calling your names, are you? You bet your life I'm not. Well, go ahead. Answer him back. Well, you're darn right I will, hey. Sticks and stones can break my bones and soak and soft-boiled eggs. So there. <laughs> it, folks. Command Performance has just brought you a battle between two great singers, too little and too late. <laughs> okay, boys, the insults are over. This is Christmas. You're both coming to my party later on. Step up here and shake hands. Okay, Frankie, put it there. Shake, Bing. <laughs> oh, well, I can always use it to wipe the windshield. <laughs> Just wrap it around the microphone, Frankie. You've got to sing now. Yeah, Frankie, what are you going to sing that I couldn't do half as well? <laughs> Just for me, what are you going to sing? I'd like to sing anything for you, Bing. Oh, you're so sweet.
three hours later. We take you to Bob Hope's house on this Merry Christmas Eve. Yes, it's a great night for Bob. All his friends are there to help him celebrate. Everyone who loves him is at his house tonight. Let's look in on this scene of gaiety. For I'm a jolly good fellow. <laughs> for I'm a jolly good fellow. For I'm a jolly good fellow, which nobody can deny. Because no one's there. You can't sing either, huh? <laughs> Gee, what a party. I expected 50 people and not one showed up. Now I'm stuck with 13 cupcakes. <laughs> Gee, if only someone would show up. Anyone at all. Hey, maybe it's Hetty Lamar. Maybe it's Ann Sheridan. Maybe it's Rita Hayworth. Whoever you are, come in and get kissed. I hope my Emily, 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 and mustache won't take off. Well, who are you? For me, I'm a current Emily, Emily, Major, Captain Loot, 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 Private Sad Sack. Wow. Oh, a soldier, huh? How'd you happen to drop in tonight? Well, you've always been my favorite Emily, 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 movie street, movie street. You see, I, I, I just love you on the radio. I wanted to see the great Bob Hope and I, 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 it was too far to the nearest restroom. Is, is that the only reason you came to my party? Well, uh, uh, frankly, no. I, I thought you might have some you know, civilian wax. Oh, shame on you, Sack. Is that all you like to do, chase women? Oh, no. There's something I like much better than chasing women. What's that? Uh, it's, it's, it's catching them. <laughs> well, Sack, I hate to disappoint you, but there are no girls here at my party tonight. In fact, there are no men either. Oh, uh, just our type, huh? Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is, Sack. I invited a whole crowd and no one showed up. Yeah, yeah that's too bad. Yeah, and I fixed up a big spread, too. Look over there in the dining room. See that big table of food with the cute maid standing next to it? Yeah. Well, there's no use letting it go to waste. Why don't you go over and help yourself to anything you want? <laughs> don't you think she'll mind? Oh, that's okay. And to show you my heart's really in the right place, servicemen, half price. So long. Well, 11.30, looks like no one's coming. I'm sure they could find the house unless my neon sign went out. <laughs> the one that says, Guided Tours Through the Home of the World's Number One Comedian. Men a dollar, children 50 cents. Women, I'm sure we can come to terms. <laughs> Gee, what a letdown. Oh, well, I'll stretch out on the couch for a few minutes and take it easy. <sighs> Boy, this is comfortable. <laughs> Hetty, please. Don't, Hetty, not in public. <laughs> Hetty, stop. 
not nice to bite your nails. <laughs> Gee, look. On the couch. Yes, Bob, fast asleep. Aw, oh, isn't he cute all curled up? Curled up is right. Gee, you'd think he'd get his nose straightened out, wouldn't you? <laughs> I gotta be sleeping. <laughs> so that's what Bob looks like when he's asleep. Yeah, ghastly, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's kind of nice looking. Look at that square chin. And look at those square shoulders. Yeah, he's one of the biggest squares I ever seen. snoring. <laughs> oh, look, he's awake. Well, so so you got here after all, huh? Why, sure, Bob. You didn't think we'd desert you on Christmas Eve, did you? Well, no, sir. We simply had to come here tonight because our widow dream man is here. Well, now you're talking. And we all want to give our dream man a kiss. This gets better and better. Keep moving. And we just want to love him to death. One at a time, girls. We're not going to wait another minute. We're going to start kissing right now. Yes, 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 yes. Not so fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas, we know. Here's the Bob Mitchell Boys Choir, and Santa Claus is coming to town. It is the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature is stirring, not even a mouse. Better watch out, better not cry, better not fight. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Making a list. Coming to die. 
Command performance takes you now to Washington, D.C. for a Christmas message by the Commander-in-Chief. Ladies and gentlemen, the President. Men and women of the Armed Forces, it is with a heart filled with gratitude that I say Merry Christmas to you who have given this nation and all nations this first Christmas of peace in so many years. We are happy today because our hymns of thanksgiving are not mocked by the sound of gunfire. We are happy because we know that you are safe and will return to us when your duty ends. We are grateful that such Americans as you are representing the United States of America and all that it means with the other nations of the world. Yes, it is indeed a Merry Christmas, and the gift of peace that you have given to your country is and shall remain the most cherished of all the gifts to man. It is not possible to repay a man for the years of his youth, or for his sacrifice of health, or for the loss of his buddies. But there is one thing the American people can and will give you. It is the resolution, the determination, that the freedom you bought so dearly will never be jeopardized again, that the victory will be used to try to work out a lasting peace and a better world. Thank you, and God bless you on this Christmas. I say this not as your Commander-in-Chief, not as President of the United States, but as a fellow citizen who knows in his heart how much you have given to keep all men free. Thank you, Mr. President. And now it's time for a command performance tradition. You know, this is our fourth round of the world Christmas program. Each one ended with our singing the carols, the Christmas songs we all love. But in 1941 and 2 and 3 and 4, there were silent places where our voices didn't reach. Christmas 1945 and the bright melodies of the carols go swinging down the streets of Berlin and Tokyo, too. Judy, Dinah, Ginny, Francis, Bing, and the choir joining hands with all of you overseas and on the seas to sing the great songs of peace on this, the first Christmas of peace in a long, long time.
pause on the corner with a belt in his hand, has a faraway look in his eye. He knows that he can't really celebrate until all of you come home. And so he rings it for you in Germany and France and Italy for the ATC crews at dozens of airstrips for all of you in England and India and China and Japan. And not far from Sandals Corner and Little Church, your folks are sitting. And they sing a song of peace on earth. And in their hearts is great thanksgiving. Jenny? Marks of herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise of the world, the freedom-loving people of the United Nations, citizens of Earth, are singing a song of liberty. They find strength and peace as they did in war by heralding again the moment 1945 years ago when a little child was born. to wrap up all of home and send it to you. The crystal snow, the look on a kid's face when he sees his new sled, the trees and the wood smoke, the dime store windows, the Tom and Jerry, the smile you happen to love. It all means Christmas. Judy? It came upon a midnight clear that glorious Near the earth. 
This is a happy Christmas, all right. It's a great Christmas. Next year, pray God, all of you will be singing this at your own fireplaces, around your own trees. This song, it means so much to all of us. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon Christmas 1945 ring out clear and free around the world to you. Listen to them. Their message comes from the hearts of 132 million grateful Americans. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. And Merry Christmas to all of you. Radio service.
This is Bob Mitchell at the organ with Christmas carols for 1945.
Forces Radio Service.